Welcome to Practical Christian Living. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. There are many people being deceived today. There are many people in the name of Christianity that are not teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are giving nothing more than self-help, the self-help gospel. God wants to make your life better. You want your life to be better. Then invite Jesus in. Give your life to Jesus. He's going to make your life better. We know we are living in the last days. Prophecy fulfilled confirms that. Unfortunately, part of that prophecy is that false teachers and false teachings will start to appear more and more. For us, believers in Christ, that means we have to be absolutely certain we are reading and following God's right, true, and pure word so we are not deceived. With more on exactly how we do that, Here's Robert Furrow with the second part of our teaching out of Matthew 24. Never in the history of the world has there been a nation that was a nation, stopped being a nation, and then it became a nation again, and it's happened twice with Israel. It happened when they were taken out of the nation by the Babylonians, and then they were allowed to return, build the city, and build the temple. And it happened in the late 1800s and early 1900s where something began to happen, a movement around the world where Jews started to have a desire to return to Israel. And um, Ezekiel says that they will be brought back into the land. Well, here in Isaiah, we have a very interesting passage. It says, Isaiah, this is in 11, 11 and 12. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will set his hand out again a second time to recover the remnant of his people that are left from Assyria and Egypt and Cush and the island seas. He mentioned some other places here. But it's the second time that interests me because they are taken out of the land under King Nebuchadnezzar and they are taken out of the land by the Romans in 70 AD. They are dispersed around the world by Nebuchadnezzar. Then they are dispersed around the world by Titus, the son of Vespasian, the emperor. And Titus would become an emperor as well. And if you ever visit Rome, you've got to go to the Arch of Titus because you're going to look inside of it and you're going to see the menorah and the horns of the temple. They carved into the side of Titus's arch a picture of him looting the temple in Jerusalem. So in Rome with Titus, you see this picture in a connection when Jerusalem was destroyed and they were dispersed around the world, okay? So then God says, I'm going to reach out a second time. He did it during Babylon. He brought them back in, but he's going to reach out a second time. That's the days we're living in. Then he brings them back in. And he says in verse 12, he will set up a banner for the nations. Israel becomes a banner for the nations that God is moving. Whenever we see Israel in the news, we have to remember that this is a nation that has been reborn in a day. That on March 14th, 1948, the British had been in control of the Middle East forever. Not really forever, but for a long time. They brought the UN in in order to give it to the Palestinians and the Jews. The UN gave it to both of them. They both had the right to start their own nation the Palestinians refused as long as the Jews were around. They refused it. And so on March 14th, 1948, 
the leader of Israel, Ben-Gurion, declared Israel a nation, literally in a day. One day they were not a nation, the next day they were a nation. And God said in Ezekiel to prophesy to the mountains that get ready for my people are about to come. And so in the 1800s, there was a few thousand Jews in Israel. In the early 1900s, there were tens of thousands of Jews in Israel. By the time that Israel became a nation, there were hundreds of thousands of Jews in Israel. And today there is almost 6 million Jews that are in Israel. They are a banner to the world that God will keep his word, that in the last days God has brought the Jew back to Israel. And that ought to be a sign to all of us that we are living in the last days. Because imagine if Israel was still under Gentile control. Then we could say, well, the Bible is not true. The Bible hasn't come true. And in fact, before 1948, they didn't know what to do with it. It's why so much Bible prophecy is not taken literally and wasn't taken literally in church history. Because what did Charles Spurgeon, F.B. Meyer, D.L. Moody, what did they do with the prophecies that said in the last days God was going to move in Israel again? That the witnesses were going to come back to Jerusalem. All of the things that talk about Israel. 144,000 from every tribe going out to preach the gospel during the tribulation period. What were they going to do with all that? They were looking at Israel and going, Jerusalem's desolate. No one's there. The Jews aren't in Israel. So they allegorized it. But that all changed in 1948 when Israel once again became a nation. Now, the fourth thing that we have as to what the world's going to look like in the last days comes from Jesus himself, and it's about Jerusalem. Jesus said in Luke 21, and they will fall by the edge of the sword, talking about the destruction of the city in, in 70 AD. They will fall by the edge of the sword, and they will be led away captive into every nation. This is Jesus giving the prophecy that Jews are going to be dispersed around the world, and they were literally Every country had Jewish communities that were around the world. Because of their law, the kosher laws, because they kept the Sabbath, they were not assimilated into the cultures around them. And so there were Jewish communities everywhere. And then it says, Jesus said, And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. There's another passage that talks about the time of the Gentiles, which is what we're keen on here. Romans 11.25 says, talking about the Jewish nation, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. There's a mystery. He's going to tell us about it. Lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So Israel's going to come back to Christ when the fullness of the Gentiles is done. And Jerusalem is going to be trampled by the Gentiles until the fullness of the Gentiles is done. Okay? So in 1948, Israel becomes a nation. From 1948 to 67, almost 20 years, they do not control Jerusalem. Jerusalem is controlled by the Palestinians. Jerusalem is controlled by the Arabs. In 1967, with Russia's help, Egypt, Jordan, and Syria all get ready to launch an attack against Israel. Israel finds out about this attack. They find out a large mass of weapons in the West Bank, and they do a preemptive strike in 67. This preemptive strike is so successful that they take back Jerusalem for the first time since the Romans destroyed it in 70 AD. And if you can go and look up some of the footage 
of them in the streets of Jerusalem on that day they took it. It's amazing. They took the entire city. For the first time in 2,000 years, Jerusalem was under Jewish control. Almost immediately, they gave back the Temple Mount. It was a peace branch that they wanted to give them. And looking back on it on hindsight, it was a mistake because it is from the Temple Mount that they would throw stones down on the Jews who were praying at the Western Wall. The Western Wall was as close as they could get to where the Temple was because they had given back the Temple Mount. That's where the Dome of the Rock is. And they thought, well, we'll make peace and show the Palestinians that we, you know, we want to do things right. And I like what Chuck Smith used to say. 1967 was almost the end. Had they had a different leadership in charge, they could have said, we are taking Jerusalem completely now and it is under our complete control. There's still difficulties on the Temple Mount today. When you, if you go to Israel, it's always a tense place to go. In, in fact, the last time that we went, which was a couple years ago, I talked with one of our guides about seriously not going up on the Temple Mount because there were all kinds of problems that were happening. The women, when they go up on the Temple Mount, they'll say, you're not dressed properly. They'll make them do something, wrap a coat around their waist or do something really weird. Sure enough, that happened to us. We got up there and they picked out a couple of our gals. You guys have to, you guys have to do this. And there's always tension that's going on up there. But the Jews are once again in control of Jerusalem, which means that it wouldn't take very much now at all for the time of the Gentiles to be fulfilled. It fits. If the Jews were not in control of Israel, had they not taken it in 67, then we could not say we're living in the last days. But we are, because Jesus gave us that prophecy. Now, the fifth, and here we come to our text, is that false teachers will flourish during the last days. In 1 Timothy 4.1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and the doctrines of demons. They're going to be people who leave the faith. There's a huge move of deconversion today. We're finding out that a lot of people who wrote books, a lot of people who write worship songs and lead in worship songs are walking away from Christ. They're giving heed to deceiving spirits. There are false teachings everywhere at a higher rate now than ever before. And so Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, in response to the question by the disciples, when are these things going to be? Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. This tells us that you have the responsibility to make sure that you are not deceived by anyone. You have the responsibility. I want to make sure I teach the truth, but you have the responsibility to check me out and make sure I'm reading the truth. And if any pastor ever says to you, I'm anointed by God, don't you dare check me out. Don't you speak against God's anointed. That's the guy to check out. If they're trying to tell you not to double check what they're saying, then check that guy out closely. Matthew 24, 11, Jesus said, then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. There are many people being deceived today. There are many people in the name of Christianity that are not teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are giving nothing more than self-help, the self-help gospel. God wants to make your life better. You want your life to be better, then invite Jesus in, give your life to Jesus. He's going to make your life better. They never talk about sacrifice. They never talk about living your life for him, being consumed by him, being a daily sacrifice for him. 
It's all about what you can get from Jesus. The sixth thing that shows us we're living in the last days is that natural disasters are going to increase. It's not that natural disasters are around because they've been around through all of church history. It's the increase of natural disasters. People say, well, earthquakes are a sign that we're living in the last days. Raging of the seas, you know, hurricanes are a sign we're living in the last days. Pestilences are a sign that we're living in the last days. No, these things have always been around. But it's the fact that they're increasing. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 6 of Matthew 24. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. Have you heard of wars and rumors of wars? Don't be troubled. All these things will happen. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. Pestilence is there. Plagues, right? We've got one going on now. These things will happen in various places. He says, all of these things are the beginning of sorrows. That word for sorrows there is birth pains. So when a woman goes into has birth pains, I don't need to lecture you guys on what that happens, right? They start off light and they get intense. And when they're really intense, the baby's born, right? So they start off light and when they get intense, when they're really intense, Jesus is coming back. That's the idea. Now the question is, how intense are they now? How intense are the earthquakes? How intense are the disasters? How intense are the famines? How intense are the plagues? There's a group of people who believe kingdom theology, group of Christians, who believe that Jesus isn't coming back and revelation isn't happening in the future and that the world's going to get better and better day by day. Every day in every way, the world's getting better and better and better. And that we are going to usher in the kingdom of God by Christianizing the world. How's that going for you? When you look at the world around you, does it fit your kingdom theology? How are you doing on Christianizing the things that are going on in the world today? The world fits the view that Jesus had, which is that these things are birth pains. They're getting pretty bad. The final and most important sign that we are living in the last days is in Matthew 24, 13 and 14. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. That's an important verse. You got to make it to the end. This has nothing to do with, about theology or the once saved, always saved theology or reformed theology. People that say, well, I made a commitment to Christ. I can't be lost because everybody, including the people who believe once saved, always saved, believe that if you don't endure to the end, that that is a sign that you were never saved. People who believe that you can walk away from your faith, believe if you don't endure to the end, you won't be saved. People who believe that you are once saved, always saved. If you don't endure to the end, they believe that's a sign you were never saved. So they agree on more than they disagree on. I love when people want to fight about that issue. And I just like to say to them, let's talk about what we agree on. That an apostate is not saved. Someone that walked with Christ and is no longer walking with him is not saved. The only difference is, is that you would say he never walked with Christ and I would say he did walk with Christ. That's the only difference. But we're saying you have to endure to the end to be saved. Everybody agrees with that verse. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all of the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. The gospel will be preached around the world. Jesus says that's the sign. The gospel is preached all around the world today. We're reaching new areas all the time. I don't know how close we are to getting it completely done, but it's happening more and more. And this verse has been misused by mission organizations over and over again. 
Give us your money. Come out and be a missionary. Let's get the last person saved so Jesus can come back again. In Revelation, God finally does the rest of the job. During the tribulation period, God sends an angel out that preaches the gospel to the entire world and they still don't believe. Amazing. People say today, if an angel came and told me that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, I'd believe. It happens during the tribulation period and people still don't believe. Because when you choose to not believe, you're choosing not to believe and you, there's nothing that will persuade you. So looking at all of these things, we could come to the place where we say, yes, we are living in the last days. Does that mean Jesus is coming back within the next year or two years or 10 years or 20 years? No, because we don't know the day or the hour. So what does the Bible tell us to do? Watch and pray and be ready. Don't forget that Israel is a banner to the nations. Don't forget that we're living in those last days. Let other people scoff you. That's even another sign of the last days. In the last days, scoffers will arise. As soon as they're scoffing us for believing in the rapture of the church, you can be like, you're evidence that we're living in the last days. Watch, pray, be ready, present yourself to God to be used by Him. Those are the things we've been told to do. I put out a, um, a survey on YouTube as to whether or not we're living in the last days, and a guy answered it by saying, we just need to live our lives. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. I responded by simply saying, Jesus told us to watch and be ready. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not just supposed to go, well, we don't know he's coming back. Let's just live our lives. We're supposed to watch and be ready and do the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stand with me, would you, and let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for all of the evidence that we find in the pages of Scripture of the fact that we are living in the last days. Lord, we want to be ready. We know that this tribulation period is on its way. This time, this last seven-year period spoken of by Daniel and Jesus, the abomination of desolation that is, that is coming. We pray, Lord, that we would indeed make our lives right with you. I pray for those here that don't have their lives right, that they would make them right. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like you to keep your heads bowed, please, and your eyes closed for a couple of minutes. We're almost done. We'll dismiss you here shortly, I promise. But if you're here today and you've never made a commitment to Christ, we'd love to see you do that today. The Bible says, as many as receive him, he gives the power to become a child of God for those who believe in his name. The Bible says, call out upon him and you will be saved. You simply have to trust in him, invite him in, believe in him, commit your life to him, and you will, like the thief on the cross, be with him in paradise. But also there are those of you here who, who once followed him and you walked away. Maybe it was early on. You made a commitment and Christianity wasn't what you thought it was going to be. You had other expectations. Well, you know better now what it is. You know now to make a commitment what the Christian life is really all about. Maybe it was after a while, the cares and the worries of this world, the desire to make money, or maybe a love of sin caused you to walk away from God and you're a prodigal. You know it. But God's calling you back today. God loves prodigals. He runs to them. He puts robes on their back and rings on their finger. He says, I'll leave the 99 and I will go after the one. So if you're here today and you at one time followed Christ, it's time for you to come home. Come home to him today that he can once again begin to work in your life. So if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ for the very first time, or you want to return to him and make things right, I'm going to ask you to do something simple. Just lift your hand up now. Lift it up high so I can see it. I want to take time and I want to acknowledge your hands and I want to pray for you. God bless you.
guys. That's great. Just raise your hand now. God bless you. And God bless you. That's great. God bless you. Back over here. That's wonderful. All right. The Bible says, today if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. God's speaking to you. I'm just going to scan the room one more time. Raise your hand. All right. You can put your hands down. And I would like everyone, including those who raised their hands, to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I have sinned. And I know my sin has separated me from you. I also understand that I can be forgiven by the death of Jesus on the cross. So I invite you into my life and I turn from my sin that I can live for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Or, or welcome back, whatever the case is. We have a new believers table that's out in this foyer. We want to give you a Bible and a new believers packet. We want to help you to begin to know what do you do now to really become a solid, on-fire Christian for Jesus. If you can't make it by the table, or even if you do, we would love to hear your story. We would love you to tell us what God's done in your life, how He drew you back, the commitment you've made to Him. Send us an email at saved at calvarytucson.com. Tell us how God drew you and what God did or how God has brought you back. And we also have people that connect with you through that email so that you can begin to know what do I do now to make sure that I come out of the starting blocks this time or for the first time really running well. We want to do everything we can to help you. Would you guys reach out your hand towards me? I want to pray for you. Father, I want to pray for those here in this room today as they reach out their hands towards me, as we call out upon your name. Lord, I pray for those that need a physical touch, that need a healing, that you would heal them in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that need a, a touch in their soul, in their spirit. You've said that you are close to the brokenhearted. You've said that a bruised reed you will not crush. I pray for those that this, this, their inner man, their inner woman is just broken and hurting and needs a healing. I pray that you would bring a freshness in, that you would make their life solid and sound. I pray for those that are struggling with thoughts. I pray for those that are struggling with depression. I pray for those that are struggling with stress and anxiety. These are stressful days. These are days in which people have panic attacks. And I pray, Lord, that they would be set free from them now. I also pray for us spiritually that we would walk closer to you than ever before. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Speak to us about what you want from us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And I want to close with the priestly blessing, which is found in Numbers chapter 4. God said, speak this, my name over the people in this way, then gave them this blessing. It is also the oldest piece of scripture we have. There was a silver scroll that was found in Jerusalem that dated to 700 years B.C. And it just so happened to be the priestly blessing. Isn't that great? As if God wanted to give the oldest piece of scripture and say, this is what I want for your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. May you watch, pray, and be ready for Jesus when he returns. May you be living your life in such a way that people see you and come to him. God bless you guys.
Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you, and His Word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or do you have questions about salvation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com and don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson or Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living TV Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on KGUN 9. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living.